Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Sport. It's time on with Jack Everett. On a day where 40 names have fired everyone up, never has it meant so more, it seems. Good evening and welcome. Great to have your company on Time On. Coming up this hour, we talk all Australian. Your calls, 1300 736 736. There'll be those who were shock omissions, and there's a couple to talk about. But if you want to pump the tyres up of a player who did make the squad, who you're really happy for and you think they really deserve it, I'd love to hear your thoughts. We'll talk more about the squad. Glenn Jakovic, one of the selectors, will join us in about 25 minutes from now. Plus, all of the news of the day, we're going to try and cram it into a very busy hour. Minutes after six o'clock, Tuesday, the 22nd of September, we can just press pause and have a breather in the lead up to the final series. My name's Jack Everett. Great day to be alive. Looking forward to being with you. 1300 736 736 is the number to join me across the hour on the phone. 0433 98 11 16 on the text. All Australian selections, the squad of 40, that's going to be the flavour of the hot topic tonight. Give me a call. Tell me about the one that you're absolutely ecstatic for, the one that you think deserves it. Maybe they're a first-time nominee. Maybe they haven't been nominated for a few years. But in your mind, you're absolutely ecstatic that they are part of the 2020 All-Australian 40-man squad. The team of 22 will be named on Thursday night. We'll have a very special edition of Time On into the Sporting Capital. We'll have all of the selections of the team from top to bottom and all of the other awards from the AFL Awards Night on Thursday. But it's your calls off the top tonight on the Hot Topic. As always, one 736 736 Those who are in the All-Australian team, we know about the ones that have missed, and I'm happy to take your calls on those as well, but the ones that you're absolutely ecstatic for. We'll get stuck into that in just a moment. Some news from across the day, good and bad for West Coast. Andrew Gaff signs a four-year extension. Uh, He's in the Australian squad again. The second half of the year for Andrew Gaff has been really, really good. And again, a bit similar to last year, they get injuries. Gaff goes into the midfield as opposed to being a winger and has a big impact. So, I'm really pleased for him that he signs a long-term deal and that will just about put to bed the the constant speculation of Gaff coming home and and wanting to come back. Clearly he doesn't want to. Clearly he's happy being in WA and well done to him. The bad from an Eagles point of view is Elliot Yo. His year is done. No more Elliot Yo for 2020, a groin injury that he was a late out for. We haven't seen him since. That must be serious because he's done. That's the end. So it gets harder for the Eagles, who will be the biggest watch this space between now and their first final. Who's going to be available and who's going to miss? Um, They could load up and have a really good team for the elimination final against Collingwood, or they might have a few that don't 
make it to the line. So keep your eyes on the Eagles. At Carlton, 10 new contracts have been given out today. Uh, the headline names Mark Murphy, Levi Casbolt, and Ed Kerno will all get one-year extensions. Nick Newman, really good gesture by the club. I thought he was playing good footy before he went down with his knee injury. He will be contracted for next year. Caleb Marchbank signed a two-year extension. There are others as well, but they are the headline acts. At Adelaide, Mick Godden and Ben Hart departing their coaching structure. So they're off-field. As much as we talk about their on-field and their playing list and what's it going to look like, their off-field team is going to look very, very different as well. There were quite a few assistants who left last year. And now two more leave. So they've got a bit of work to do. Uh, Mick Godden spoke to Kimbo on Roach on SENSA. We'll have a little bit of that for you later on in the hour. But Ben Hart, one of the really, really good blokes of footy. He's coming back to Melbourne. His family live here. Uh, he's been living away and, and working away in Adelaide while his family are living in Melbourne, which must, must have been bloody tough. So uh, good on him. And I hope he comes back to Melbourne and he should get a job somewhere because he's a very, very good operator. From the Crows' perspective, that's their bad. They're good. Is that Lockie Scholl is the round 18 rising star. Nothing could have been more certain <laughs> in this world, I reckon, than Lockie Scholl being the round 18 rising star. All he had to do was touch the footy three times in round 18 and he would have got his nomination, especially after the outcry, not getting it for round 17 when Isaac Quainer got it. Uh, but well done. I, I really like the look of Lockie Scholl. He's developing into a very, very good player. Cricket news, Mitch Marsh injured at the IPL overnight with an ankle injury. There will be some more news in the next 24 hours about how serious that is. Steve Smith with concussion. He didn't play in any of the one-day internationals against England recently. He's been cleared to play, so he will play his first game tonight. I think that is off the top of my head in the IPL. Uh, and Behemoth is in the Everest. We weren't sure whether Behemoth would take a spot and be given a spot. But the good news is Behemoth will contest the Everest. So there's a little snapshot of some of the stuff from across the day. But your calls to start the show, the hot topic here on Time On. We're talking all Australian. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 or 0433981116. Tell me about the player within the All-Australian squad that you're absolutely pumped for. One that you're really pleased to see that they're getting the recognition. Uh, might be a first-time uh, contender or first-time nominee. Might be a player who just continually gets nominated for sustained success and sustained performance, i.e. Scott Pendlebury, who's a chance to be named an All-Australian for the seventh time. Uh, Max Gorn, Dustin Martin lining up for four as well. Or it's the players who are in there for the first time who make you smile and, and make you really, really pleased that they're there. And if you want to talk about those who missed, I would love to talk to you about those as well. A couple of names in particular that we'll get to in this segment as well. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We start with Scott in Richmond. I'll keep a couple of mine safe for later. Scotty, good evening. Hey, um, yeah, all Australian team. Absolutely ecstatic that the selectors have uh, looked at the Richmond back line, considering it was um, played in our front half a lot and put the put the defenders in there, even though we're low possession. I think with the all Australian team, they look at the possessions and leave out players like. Dustin Martin getting left out last year, which is ridiculous. But um, so absolutely ecstatic for Jaden Short getting in. Um, that was fantastic that they've actually put him in along with um, Grimes and Blostoon. Yeah, I'm, I think from this year, and I, I want to ask Glenn Jakovic about this later on in the hour. I reckon this year more than any numbers actually couldn't mean any less because they've been short in games. Um, 
everyone's numbers are down and the, the quick turnarounds, players being rested, et cetera, et cetera, all numbers are down. There's a select few whose numbers are better than what they were in 2019 and most of those have made the All-Australian all squad. But just about everyone else's stats and numbers are down. Uh, so, therefore, I'm actually really glad from that perspective, Scott, that you brought that up because I, I think it does um, I think it does mean a lot less. Dustin Martin was nominated last year. I'm just flicking through my notes. I know this doesn't make for outstanding radio. I'm just trying to find Scotty. I don't think Jaden Short's in this squad, is he? No, I haven't, no, I haven't got Jaden Short in the squad. So, uh, unfortunately for, for you, he's not in there, Scotty. But a lot of your other Richmond defenders are, and Sam's in Ainsbury wants to have a chat about one in particular. G'day, Sam. G'day, how are you? Good. Nick Vlosten. Yep. About, oh, so it's about time he made it to the Australian 40th. The joke that hasn't been there. He, um, you can just set your watch to Nick Vlosten, can't you? And, and those yeah. sorts of players deserve those sorts of recognition. Sam, do you reckon he's the sort of player that... Maybe he did need a year or two to, to get on the radar of the Australian selectors? Mate, he's been on the radar. He should have been on the radar for the last five years. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> like, what else can the guy do? He's been, like, probably our best or second-best defender or third-best defender for four years and the best side in the competition. Yeah, he's been superb. I, I love him as a footballer. Um, and as I say, I, I love those players, and I talk about this a lot on the show, about the players that you know what you're going to get week in, week out, and... Uh, he is exactly the sort of player that you do know what you're going to get week in, week out. one 736 736 to join me here on Time On. We're talking about the players that have made the All-Australian team that you're absolutely ecstatic for, the players who are getting the recognition and the players, most importantly in your eyes, who deserve the recognition. Nick Floston's name's come through off the text quite a lot. Uh, this one, Nick Floston has been an absolute gun down back for a long time, but he never gets the credit he deserves behind Grimes and Rance before he retired. Must be rewarded for being so consistently good for so long. Now, keeping in mind that this is a squad, um, they still need to carve out 22 from this. So when we talk to Glenn Djakovic, I'm sure that Jacko will tell us how hard it is to actually pick the team in the first place. The next part from this is how do you get from 40 to 22? We'll work our way through that on Thursday night. One off the text here, and again, I'm glad that this name has been highlighted because he was at the top of my list. I wrote down four names of players in the squad that I'm really, really pleased for personally. One is Jacob Wiedering, and this text speaks to that. Extremely well-deserved, had a tough start to his career, but really starting to prove himself. So sixth in last year's best and fairest at Carlton. Not bad. It was dropped in 2018, but in 2020, uh, he will go extremely close to winning their best and fairest. And Blues fans, you, you tell me what you think. Oh, I think he probably just about does win their best and fairest. He's top three at an absolute minimum, um, has become a very reliable defender, has nailed his spot down in the team and has signed a long-term deal. It's been a fantastic 2020 for Jacob Wiedering and uh, absolutely, rightly so, named in the squad as well and thoroughly deserving. Brendan's in Camberwell. Good evening to you, Brendan. Oh, good evening. How are you? Excellent. That's good. Um, yeah, I, I really want to congratulate the young uh, Ridley fella from Essendon. Hey. I've, I've got no idea who he is, but um, there's a lot of Essendon supporters at work and <laughs> they were disappointed that he that he won the best and fairest because it should have been, you know, McGrath or whoever it is. And now that he's made the squad, I think that's magnificent. So well, you, can, you can go back to work tomorrow, Brendan, and tell all of your Essendon supporters that maybe they did get the best and fairest right. 
Yeah, I think they did. Yeah. Good on it. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a fantastic player. And his name's coming through a lot off the text as well. Like this one, Jordan Ridley, a bright light in a dark season for Essendon. They can build from there. He, he's still probably the second or third tall defender. I reckon Essendon definitely need to look at a key back for the future because he does use the ball really well coming out of the back half, Jordan Ridley, and he does intercept really, really well too. And some of his intercept numbers uh, have been fantastic and in the top bracket in the competition. So I'm really pleased for him too. I, I didn't have him written down, um, maybe because I don't think he makes the team, but a fantastic honour at a young age, at a player still just trying to make his way in the game and solidify his spot in the team. He's more than done that. Um, he's a long-term part of Essendon's setup going forward. Appreciate your call, Brendan. Marty's in Melton. He's up next. Hi, Marty. Hey, mate. How are you? Good. Yeah, I just wanted to say that I think uh, Maynard and Moore, obviously you can tell I'm a kind of supporter. <laughs> yep. Should, yep. should definitely be getting in, not just for this year, but, you know, guys like we're doing that, it's their first really big, consistent full year. So Darcy's only missed one game for the first time ever, and Maynard's played every game, and just those two have been, they've kept Collingwood together. And I think Taylor Adams as well for every game. And, like, Penners is a better player, no doubt, but Penners has missed four games, and Adams, I think, has played one average game out of 17 games this year. Marty, you're spot on about Taylor Adams. I'll talk about the other two boys in a minute, but let me start with Taylor Adams, and thanks for your call. I had him written down on my players that I'm really, really pleased for as well because he, at times this year when there was injuries to Trelaw specifically, but to Goey as well, who can go midfield and, and forward, but predominantly is a forward, and Pendlebury himself was injured and, and pretty sore. Taylor Adams carried Collingwood's midfield for a fairly large portion of the season. Now, he's never won a best and fairest at the Pies before. Um, I reckon he wins it this year. That's just my personal view. I've caught a lot of Collingwood games, caught a lot of games full stop, but I think he wins it um, and would be just deserving as well. His clearance numbers are through the roof. His contested ball numbers are through the roof this year as well. And as I say, the Pies are in the finals. They finished eighth. Um, I don't know they would have made the finals had it have not been for Taylor Adams through the midfield. There's been other great contributors, but his work through the middle of the ground, when they had no one else, in my view, has been hugely crucial for Collingwood make it to fi- making it to finals footy. The other two, well, if they are picking, and this is where we get the test with the All-Australian team, because if they are picking positional players, then Braden Maynard as a traditional back pocket is going to be pretty hard to stop. There's some really good names in there, so uh, I acknowledge that the, he's not the only contender as a traditional back pocket. But when you sit down and actually try and map out the team and you're looking for small defenders... And then you've got a guy like Nick Haynes, who's a bit of a hybrid, who could play anywhere or in, in any of those positions in the back six. But it's Maynard, Byrne Jones, Grimes. I suppose you could put Floston into that, although he is a bit of a hybrid as well. They're the three as, as absolute back pocket players. And if they're serious about picking a team for positions, then Braden Maynard's going to be pretty hard to stop. But you can mount very, very good cases for the other players as well. And for Darcy Moore... If he doesn't get in this year, I reckon halfway through the year he was All-Australian. Um, but a bit like Collingwood sort of hit a bit of a wall in the middle of the year. If he doesn't get in this year and he can stay, as you rightly pointed out, Marty, if he can stay injury-free next year and beyond, uh, this won't be the first time that he's nominated, I reckon. Simon's in Northcote. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 to join me. G'day, Simon. Jack, how are you? I'm excellent. So... Um 
two things. Collingwood nominations. Yep. It's lovely to see Pendlebury in there. I don't think he'll hang on for the final squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Maynard and um, Darcy Moore will. But the guy I really like seeing in there is Taylor Adams. He's just been such a workhorse all year with blokes falling down all around him. He deserves that recognition, and I hope he hangs on. The other thing is, um, as everyone loves to say, oh, GWS, they have so much talent. They've got one nomination. It's a very good point. And I think, it, I think it's a myth that they have so much talent. They used to have so much talent. Part of being talented as well, Simon, is playing together. Appreciate your call. And maybe that speaks to a bit of what the, the problem is with the Giants right now. I saw some stuff on Twitter. I actually shouldn't have gone to Twitter this afternoon to see the reaction. But I was interested to see what footy fans thought because this is a show for the fans and, and your thoughts. So it's all relevant, um, despite what I think about Twitter as a whole. Um, Lockie Whitfield's name came up a bit. I, I, I wouldn't have had Lockie Whitfield. I, I don't consider... Lockie Whitfield, desperately unlucky. I consider Stephen May ridiculously unlucky. Um, And I actually wonder whether they may have just forgotten his name. Uh, I consider Todd Goldstein really, really unlucky. And I went through the release that came out from the AFL this afternoon three times looking for his name and still couldn't find it. I said another look, it's still not there. So Todd Goldstein's definitely not there. We'll talk to Glenn Jakovic about him. Um, but from a Giants perspective, I reckon that tells us everything we need to know right there. They're not a team playing finals. They're not a team that's played together. And their individuals haven't had great years. They've had patches here or there. They've had games where Toby Green's won them a game and Jeremy Cameron's won them a game or two. And Whitfield himself has, has had some really, really good games. But I reckon that is everything right there that is the complete another antithesis of what the year has been for the Giants. They have played as individuals and their individuals haven't had great seasons. That's going to be one of their big challenges to try and bridge that gap. As I mentioned, Glenn Jakovic not too far away. We'll talk Zach Williams before the end of the hour. More of your calls, more of your texts on the All-Australian team. Who are the ones that you're absolutely wrapped for? We'll get back to that on the other side of this. You're with time on on SEN. one three hundred seven three six seven three six to join me this hour. Glenn Jakovic, part of the All-Australian selection panel. It'll be a tough job. I don't envy him and everyone else involved. He'll join us in about 15 minutes from now, but you can join me, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Just going a slightly different direction. I reckon we all acknowledge as one, pretty much, that Todd Goldstein, extremely stiff. Stephen May, ridiculously stiff. And there are others... But I want to flip this and be Peter positive. Tell me about the players that you're absolutely wrapped for, that are getting recognition for the years that they've had in 2020. We've also got this up uh, on our Twitter feed, at Sport Capital SEN, to join us, at Sport Capital SEN. Uh, Alpha says Stephen May. Well, he didn't make the squad, so that doesn't count. Um, Someone else has put Isaac Rankin. Well, he didn't make the squad either. Gee, Twitter's going well. If if you ever needed any sort of indication of what Twitter can offer up, we've had three responses in the first 10 minutes and two of them aren't in the squad. Uh, Gaz, who listens a lot. Gaz, good to hear from you, uh, says Tom Papley. And Gaz is a mad Sydney man. And and I agree, Tom Papley's been the standout small forward this year. And his game on the weekend, 
he's just such a dangerous player. I'm actually really see, pleased to see that he's staying at Carlton. Uh, it's at Sydney and not going to Carlton. The easy and the obvious thing, sorry, Carlton supporters, the easy and obvious thing probably would have been to leave. Swans have obviously worked really hard to, to make it feel more like home in the, in the last 12 months, uh, and it must do. So good stuff. Good for the Swans going forward. Nick's in Ridgement has got a couple of players that he wants to pump up. Nick, come on in. Yeah, yeah. first of all, um, absolutely wrapped with Jordan Ridley uh, being a Bombers man. Uh, watching him all year, I was surprised to hear the caller before knew some Bombers supporters that were unhappy. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely wrapped with him and really deserves to be in the squad. Yeah. Uh, the other player, which I've watched from a distance this year, um, Darcy Byrne-Jones from, from Port, I, I think he's had a terrific year. I think they've, they've found a really good player. Great accumulator, good youth. I know I'd, I'd, I'd love Byrne-Jones at the Bombers. He's, um, he, he's a terrific kid. He looks good. He's fantastic. Um, Runner-up in last year's Best and Fairest. And we, t- we talk about recognition, Nick, you've nailed one here. You've nailed this one perfectly, I reckon, as far as Darcy Byrne-Jones goes. As I mentioned, runner-up in Port Adelaide's best and fairest last year. Played every game. Played every game uh, this year. And again, we are talking about Braden Maynard before, about the small forward, uh, the small defender and the man who takes the small forwards. Well, this is Darcy Byrne-Jones because he does that. He does the defensive side really, really well. But he also creates off half back, and his rebound fifty numbers this year have been fantastic for Port Adelaide. So, I'm really pleased for him. I don't know if he makes the squad, the the team at, at the end, whether he's named in the back pocket. If he is, I think it would be a great decision, and I think it could be completely justified. So, well done to him. As you say, Port have, have got him for a pick in the fifties. They took a little bit of a punt. Uh, he doesn't necessarily look like the most tidy footballer of all time, but it doesn't matter what you look like. It's about getting the job done, and he absolutely gets the job done. Let's go to Chris in Collingwood. G'day, Chris. Oh, hello. How are you? I'm very good. Sorry, just listening to the radio. Um, you there? Yes. Yeah, come on in. We're talking all Australian, Chris. All right, okay. Look, I'm a Geelong supporter, and I was really surprised not to see Tom Stewart there. I think he's been a brilliant player all season, but I was really pleased to see Sam Menagola um, Cam Guthrie, and also the, um, for a long time he's been Bitsard's played every position. I think one of his problems is that he can't mm. quite decide whether he's a full back or in the ruck or on the wing or wherever he is. So, um, where where would you have him, Chris, as a cat supporter? Where where is Mark Bitsard's best position? I think in the back line, but I think that we need him in the ruck. I think we need him everywhere, so that's one of the problems. Um, <laughs> you, might, you might need to turn him into Dolly the Sheep and see if you can clone in two or three Mark Blitzhaves. I reckon come week one of the finals, and the big if is if Chris Scott and the selection panel go with Reece Stanley, depending on injury, I think you'll see Mark Blitzhaves play a fair bit of ruck for Geelong in the finals. He might need to. He might be the most logical and, and the best option you've got right now, depending on what happens with Stanley. Um, Tom Stewart missed three games. That shouldn't matter completely, but maybe that did hurt him a little bit. Perhaps he missed three games and then the first couple back was a fraction slow to get going again. Perhaps that's what's gone against him. Sam Menegola, I agree with you, Chris. Uh, I don't know that he makes the team in the end, but tonight it's not about who makes the team. We're, we're talking more about who's in the squad and, and who you're pleased for. We'll get to that as Thursday gets a little bit closer. You've never been an All-Australian before. You could have been forgiven for thinking last year that Sam Menegola didn't have a great deal to offer the Cats. Yes, he was injured, 
um, at times, but only 12 games, and his numbers weren't huge. Yeah, I mean, they're star-studded, and they're loaded with talent, especially through their midfield. He's found his spot, and he demands that spot. He's in there week in, week out, and what it does do from a Cats perspective is it gives them flexibility with Ablett to play as a high half forward and just play four or five minutes on the ball here or there. It gives them the flexibility to be able to play Joel Selwood on the minutes that they're most comfortable with, particularly with the amount of footy that he's missed. And most importantly, which I think from a Geelong perspective, maybe the difference between them potentially winning the whole thing and not, is Sam Anagola's form with Cam Guthrie and Mitch Duncan, who have all had great years, it means Patrick Dangerfield can go forward. And you've only got to look at the game on Sunday to see how dangerous he is when he goes forward. Um, three goals, two he kicked and turned the game on its head. He was a spark when they needed a spark. So uh, Blitzarves looms large for Geelong in September. I'm sorry, I digress. Uh, PK from Ventnor says, leaving May out is an absolute disgrace. Really disappointing, not to mention hurting the integrity of AA selection. They can't all make it. That I do acknowledge. Um, but that is a, that's a glaring one, I reckon. Goldstein and May are the two glaring ones in my view. Uh, Flying Ryan, isn't this a fantastic story? Flying Ryan's second half of the year in particular has been great. And again, um, the small forward position is going to be pretty hotly contested between Papley, between Butler. You put Ryan into the conversation. There's one or two others as well. It's going to be a hard spot to win, but he's been superb, Liam Ryan. Really, really good for them. This one about Menegola should get the wing position. Huge year and has worked hard. Guthrie is also fun, but unlikely to make the final 22. I'm quite strong on the wing position that um, traditionally the the winger is a midfielder who spills out and they can't get him into the, the starting midfield, so they just boot him out of the wing. Pick wingers, and you've got genuine wingers available this year. Gaff's one of them. McCluggage, to me, just demands that wing spot ahead of Gaff and, and ahead of anyone else. And you could, I think Menegola's been more inside than, than outside, but you could probably mount a case for him too. Dale Bundura says, Maynard, I just love him. Brad Shepard should make his first All-Australian team resolute, reliable, and resilient. Uh, I think it's a fantastic selection and just reward for a fantastic season. Braden Maynard's name's coming up again. Really glad that he's made it. The raw aggression he shows on the field is great. Great boot, and in the absence of Howe, has stepped up and taken on all and is very rarely beaten. Uh, Dave from Hoppers Crossing says the fire hydrant. Caleb Daniel could be the shortest All-Australian player ever. (laughs) He could be. We should go back and do the numbers on that. Josh from Perth says Brad Shepard is a back pocket wizard. And this one from Jank says, how can Jared Lyons not make the squad ahead of Hugh McCluggage? Obviously, experts aren't watching the Lions with any seriousness. Lyons um, was enormous. That's Jared Lyons. And outshone McCluggage this year by a mile. I think judges... Just threw him in, though, because of last year. I'm not so sure about that, Jenks. Um, Lyons has had a great year. I'm not so sure that he's had a better year, though, than, than Hugh McCluggage. That's just my view. I think they've got that one right. Um, I wouldn't have had Lyons in the 40, but you're a Lions fan, and, and you see them each week, and you see something in Jared Lyons. So I'm happy to take your word for it, too. I, I wouldn't have had him in the squad, and I absolutely would have had Hugh McCluggage. Before the break, Stuart's in Murrumbina. G'day, Stuart. Sam, how are you, buddy? Great topic, mate, at this time of year. Um, I'm just a huge rep for Nick Loston, uh, mainly because he's done it for the last probably three years, but he's got you know great recognition this year. So I really hope he gets uh, the half-back spot in the team. I reckon he will, to be truthful, Stuart. And again, we'll all find out on Thursday. We'll have it in our special edition of, of Time On on the Sporting Capital. Um, I think 
Nick Floston gets there. I really, really do. Really do. A couple of other players that I'm wrapped for on the way to the break that I haven't had a chance to talk about yet. Christian Petrarca, one of them, just for living up to the height. He was a buzz player coming into the year, and we all heard how fit he was and how strong he was and how the pennies dropped. You've still got to do it, and you've got to do it consistently across the year, and he has. So well done to him. Uh, and I'm really, really pleased, as I mentioned before, for Jacob Wiedering, for those who missed it. Um, he's another one that's living up to the hype and has had a fabulous year for the Blues. And he may not make the All-Australian team, but I reckon he will win their best and fairest. We'll talk more about this on the other side of the break because Glenn Jakovich was part of the All-Australian selection panel. He'll join us here on Time On. Time On with Jack Everett. Welcome back to Time On on SEN. It's been a very, very interesting afternoon as far as the All-Australian squad is concerned. Who's made it? And we've spoken already tonight on the show about those who you're absolutely ecstatic for, and there's quite a few that are first-time nominees for the All-Australian 40, which is a fantastic story. Not an easy task, and we're very grateful for the time of West Coast Eagles champion and a selector in the All-Australian squad for 2020, Glenn Jakovic. Glenn, welcome back to SEN. Hello, Jack. Great to be part of the program. Thanks for having us on. Mate, it's, um, it's not easy. Oh, no. It never is. It's, uh, it gets harder each year because uh, you've got so many good players uh, that nominate and have good seasons. And uh, The one thing that I've always uh, you know, not liked about the job is uh, the ones that you leave out. And you, you know, your 23rd, 24th, 25th man that uh, you just can't fit into a 22 um, selected side. And uh, you feel for them because uh, it's a great honour to have... Um, an All-Australian Guernsey uh, in your CV. And uh, and I guess in your football career, you look back on and say that was a year that you got recognised for being in the best 22 of the, uh, you know, through the duration and course of a long season. And you would talk to players, no doubt, after. The, the feedback that I hear from a player's point of view as well is that from their perspective, it is something that still means a lot to them as well. Yeah, especially if you don't play finals or you don't get to play a lot of finals, to be recognised with some of the greats, um, you know, that uh, that have played the game. And I'm talking elite greats like Gary Ablett Senior, Buddy Franklin. When you look back and you say, well, you know, you had those type of players in your side. I look back at my ones, I had Gary Ablett Senior. Yeah. That was, uh, in, in, in a side that I was selected in. You look back, and, you know, it's great champions, great players that you played against and you grow great respect. And then at, uh, at year's end, when you catch up at various events, uh, grand final week or through the jo- j- uh, course of the year, um, you always have something in common with them because uh, you, you battled against those type of guys. So uh, it's a great honour and it's a, it's a great recognition of all your hard work over about a 10, 11 month period. It's a squad of 40 at the moment. We'll find out that the full team on Thursday night. You'll hear that on Time On, a very special edition that we're doing on Thursday night. Is there one though, Jacko, from the squad that gives you a little bit of joy to see their name in amongst the, the elite players in the competition? Yeah, every year, every year, just a, a recognition. And more so for guys that uh, have strung two or three consistent years together and they may have missed the 40 or they may have missed the 22. I'm really happy for, you know, players like that. Um, you know, uh, Matt Tabernar, uh, he's mm. been threatening. He's a big beast of a guy. He's nearly 200 centimetres, I think he is. And he looks like this year he's strung it together, albeit a seven-and-week season and shortened year. I really enjoyed watching his... Uh, uh, season uh, progressed during the course of the year. You got your standouts that are always very consistent, but uh, you know some really good um, nominations this year, and um, really happy for those players because it's a reward, it's an acknowledgement uh, of their season. 
you would see Nick Natanui very closely, and you would know Nick, obviously, and his, his worth and his meaning to the West Coast Eagles. Two ACLs, I've spoken about him tonight on the show already. To see him in this squad, and, and for mine, will be the All-Australian Ruckman, how pleasing is that? I think for him, he's got to, you know, he's got a whole Australian prior, and uh, he'll 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 look back on this one and think if he if he makes the final twenty two, but even for making the squad, um, it'll be a great recognition. That thinking, you know, you've done two ACLs. People say that your career's done. Mm. To come back and have the year that he had. Uh, and the circumstances in the hub and so forth, uh, I think it's a real testament to Nick. Uh, he'll have some, you know, some personal satisfaction that he was able to be recognised in the 40 um, and having a good year. And, you know, you've got some uh, worthy ruckmen in there as well. In the past, the best ruckman in the last couple of years being Gorn and Grundy. And um, he's he's gone well. They've gone past him and uh, he's now caught back up. He can look at, you know, from a competition point of view as a, from the Ruckman, uh, he can say, well, I've, I've pegged his boys back a little bit, which is which is good for him. It's a good way to look at it, actually. You mentioned Gorn and you mentioned Grundy. Todd Goldstein's name is probably one that we've taken a lot of calls and texts on in this the first half an hour of the show. Desperately unlucky, I'd imagine. Yeah, very hard. I look back and think, how do we leave him out? But, you know, it's just... What people probably got to appreciate, um, we, we get to a 40 and we've got about 52. Yeah. And we've got to trim it to 40. And we're going, how are we going to trim 12 of this? And, and we're all looking at each other. And then, you, you know, you, you look at the duration of the season, you look at the criteria, you look at their form, big games, um, you know, uh, defining games, changing games. And then you've got to finally get your 40. And then you've got to start picking 22. You've got to chop another 18 off that. And that's... That just gets even harder. So, uh, but you know, he's been an outstanding player over a long period of time, and um, uh, you know, unlucky not to get in the forty this uh, this time around. Just on the, the the way that you get the squad, and you mentioned that it was fifty two. Numbers can be whatever you want them to be, Jacko. You know that as well as anyone. They they can look really shiny, and they can look beautiful, and they can also sometimes rob a player of their contribution. In a year like this year, with the shortened quarters and with the abbreviated games, was there a fraction less attention paid to numbers? I think this year in particular, you raise a valid point. We looked at a few times numbers, and some of those numbers, uh, there's all sorts of stats these days. But um, I think when you look back at Nick Nat, um, his influence on the period in the middle of the year, albeit they'll back at Optus Stadium, but that game against Geelong, Geelong were all over West Coast, and... Uh, he um, he stood up and said, "Right, I've got to I've got to do something here." And he turned the game on its head. And you know they put Shuey Yo in the middle, and he was just tapping it left, right, and wherever else he was tapping it. Um, they read it perfectly well. But his his ability to read where the space is at a crucial time when you've got you know um, Geelong at its mightiest. Mm. Uh, that was probably the best game that I broadcasted this year, West Coast and Geelong. Um, I think it was back. Round eight or nine, whenever it was, it was a it was an epic game. Nick Nate didn't have many uh, possessions, but um, he won the clearances, he won the hitouts, and he gave West Coast first use of the ball. And it was definitive when you look at that performance that he was clearly the best man, the most influential person on the ground. Yet he wasn't in the twenty plus stats sheet on, as far as his possessions were concerned, and uh, that was really um, signified and, and mentioned uh, in, in all three meetings this year. It's not an easy job, Jacko. We know that. We appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for finding a few minutes, and I'm fascinated to see what it all looks like on Thursday. Thanks, Jack. Cheers.
Glenn Jakovich joining us here on Time On, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. You can join me on the phone. You can find me on the text as well, 0433981116. As we start to wrap up our discussion about the All-Australian 40, a few more of your texts. Jordan from Lilydale says, how is everyone ignoring the one amazing thing from the All-Australian squad? And that's Zach Butters in his second year. And people say Bailey Smith is a second-year player, the best second-year player in the game. I'll just leave this here. Um, Jordan, I love Zach Butters as a player. I really do. I think he'll be better than Connor Rosie and Xavier Dersma. There you go. I said it. Not everyone will agree with that. If you get caught up in the hype of Connor Rosie, Zach Butters is an absolute star. But I'm not sure that I have him in the best 40 players this year for the season. This time next year, it wouldn't shock me if he's well and truly in these sorts of conversations, but I didn't have uh, him as part of the All-Australian 40. Well done to him. He's an he's a absolutely superb young footballer and he's going to be a very good one for a long time to come. Scott's in Craigieburn. Good evening to you, Scott. G'day, mate. How are you? I'm good, mate. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about uh, the All-Australian team. Sure. What's on your mind? Um, just, um, it's funny that um, Jackovich was just talking about people who have been consistent over like four or so year period who doesn't get a shot at it. Um, and, you know, that uh, it's good to see him get a go and because they've been so consistent. When I mean, it should be really taken on year to year. But there's one guy who he's been consistent for five years and the difference between his top-end game and his bottom-end game is so small, it's not funny. And he's never recognised. I mean, Jake, Jake Lloyd for the Swans, he, he could have been All-Australian the last four or five years and he, he doesn't get it. He doesn't, does he? He was a nominee in, let me just check that, nominee in 2018... Um, hasn't been since, and he's, um, again, I said that this year is not a, a year to go purely on numbers, but Jake Lloyd's numbers are hard to deny. And it's not just his numbers. It's his impact in games as well. They are hard to deny. Um, Scotty, I, I could mount, mount a case for Jake Lloyd. I'm with you on that one. Appreciate your call. Very, very unlucky. There are going to be a few that are unlucky. Um, Lee says, well done to jumping Jack Gunston. As honest as the day is long, a shining light in what has been a pretty crap year. I reckon he might be the next captain of the Hawks. We might talk about that next week, I reckon, Jack Gunston. Brad from Sandhurst says, obviously some bias in this team, but to me the most deserving is Jack Steele. He's gone from being an average footballer to carrying the Saints midfield on his back all the way to the finals. If he isn't the most improved player in the comp, then I would love to know who comes close. His year has been outstanding. Really, really good. And I reckon I've got a couple of mates that are St Kilda supporters who, who see the game pretty well, and I said to them, did you see this coming with Jack Steele? And, and even they said, no, we, we, we had no idea that he was capable of this. Um, being an outstanding player for the Saints. And now he commands a role. He's gone from the tagger to the one being tagged. And that's that doesn't happen all that often. Quite often those who tag are the taggers for most of their career. Not in Jack Steele's case. Phil from Murrumbina says, we spoke about Weedering in June. Now he's an All-Australian. Bolt's had him up forward. He's now a shutdown fullback. Go Weedering. I reckon he gets there. I really do. I really do think that he gets there. We'll come back. I want to share a little bit of what Gary Lyon had to say on SEN Breakfast this morning about Zach Williams. And we'll catch you up on some of the trade news. If you say it's too early for trade... Uh, it's not. It's already up and firing in a big, big way. You with time on on SEN. On SEN, your home of sport. It's time on with Jack Everett. 
Welcome back to Time On here on SEN. Let's check in with our great mates at Bet Deluxe, the online bookmaker punters go to betdeluxe.com.au for more information. And, of course, we always urge you to gamble responsibly. A bit to cover off with Paul Sebastiani. G'day, Paul. Jack, how are you, mate? I'm excellent. Thanks for being with us. Um, let's start with the NBA tomorrow. Lakers and the Nuggets going head-to-head once again. Yeah, Western Conference Finals. Lakers lead at 2-zip. They go into this game. $1.36 favourites at betdeluxe.com.au. Denver Nuggets outsiders at $3.13 with the uh, line set at about 6.5, mate. And tomorrow we have ourselves a delightful Wednesday race card at Flemington. Yeah, juicy racing at uh, headquarters. The uh, Oaks and Derby trials for the uh, juveniles tomorrow. We've actually got a Kieran Maher and Dave Eustace runner that's actually been really well backed in one of the Derby trials uh, on an each-way basis. His name is Let's Crack a Deal. So uh, mm. nice each-way money for that horse there. So if you're, you're looking for something at the Wednesday meetings, uh, head to Flemington and the Maher Eustace runner looks a good each-way bet. And you can find out all the information at betdeluxe.com.au, the online bookmaker that punters go to, Bet Deluxe and proud partners of ours here on Time On. Paul, thanks very much. We'll catch up again tomorrow. No worries, Jack. Cheers, mate. He's given us enough to suggest that he's a elite-style midfield talent. Played a ripping midfield game against Collingwood in the prelim last year. I remember that. Five touches, ten clearances, and was absolutely superb. Um, I don't think he's proved it that he can play there week in and week out. That's one thing to you know have a cameo and go in. It's like those backs that go forward. They're good when they just have to do it every now and then. Um, and I don't know what the money is. I mean, Tommy Morris said it's up to 900 last night. Others will tell you. He, I think, Zach Williams, for me, is a $650,000 player. With 650 to seven, and then I get it. You've got to pay, got to pay more to move someone away from their club. So I understand your pay overs, but uh, by jingos. By jingos. Five years at 900? <laughs> I probably would have left too. We haven't heard jingos on this station for a little while, have we? Gary Lyon talking this morning on SEN Breakfast with Tim Watson about Zach Williams. A, can he make it as a midfielder? Yeah, I absolutely think he can. I'm actually really surprised. And for those who are listening to our AFL Nation pregame last night, I'm surprised the Giants didn't use him more as a midfielder. And if he's leaving for the search of midfield minutes, why not give him a look at it? I know the Giants had a pretty loaded midfield, but he's a point of difference. And he's exactly the sort of player that Carlton need too. And if he wants midfield time... You give it to him. He's a really, really good player. I can't have the conversations around nine hundred thousand dollars or more. I, I just, I just don't have Zach Williams and nine hundred thousand dollars in the same sentence. I agree with Gaz completely. Six fifty-seven, and I've built into that the fact that you do have to try and pay a little bit more to drag them out. So um, he hasn't announced. Carlton is his preferred club, but I think we all accept that it is. So a really good pickup for the Blues and. The reports are this afternoon and Sammy Edmund leading the way with this that it looks as though uh, it'll be a five-year deal on offer for Zach Williams. So I applaud the Blues for being aggressive. He's exactly the sort of player that they need. Well done to them. Adam Saad becomes a player of real interest now as well. Four suitors, Hawthorne, Carlton and North Melbourne, all interested. Melbourne, well, Melbourne were in the early conversations. I think they may have dropped out a little bit as well. But again... There's so much speculation this time of year, but uh, he's become a massive player of interest. The biggest player of the lot from an interest point of view to me is Jeremy uh, Jeremy Cameron and what that all looks like for him. We wait and see. Does he remain a giant 
Or is he coming back to Victoria? And if he is, look out. All hell will break loose in terms of trying to recruit Jeremy Cameron to their respective clubs. Big thanks to everyone for being with us on the phone and on the temper text as well. Thank you to Lawrence. First serve with BP up next. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.